Ice B knows Krieger's plan. We'll be waiting for him. You think it's worth losing Krieger? I did. Did he tell you? He's writing a manifesto. You're my idol, Mida. He said to give this to you. Eyes open. Possibilities everywhere. I sense a plot to destroy the Jedi. Hello there. The highest levels are involved in the conspiracy. Nancy Pelosi is Emperor Palpatine. Palpatine. We must be the great arsenal of democracy. 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 I love democracy. Democracy. All who gain power are afraid to lose it. Fear. 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 Keep the local systems in line. Line. Truths we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view. Point of view. Welcome to the Conspiracy in the Force podcast. Star Wars, conspiracies, and more. With your host, me, Conspiracy Kyle. Kyle. Rebellions are built on hope. Hope. For God commanded the light to shine out of darkness. Darkness. As long as there's light, 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 we got a chance. Chance. This is what Luke says before he goes to the toilet. This is Red 5. I'm going in. Good morning. Sunday morning. tuning in to my final breakdown of Andor Season 1 here on Conspiracy in the Force. This will be a discussion of Episode 12, the thrilling season finale, well, the somewhat thrilling season finale. Now I'll be breaking up this episode into two separate podcasts, because there's a lot to discuss. First of all, let's discuss the Empire's perceived win in the investigation into the Aldani heist. As Luthen mentioned a few episodes ago, a fellow rebel by the name of Anton Krieger was set to raid an Imperial facility, but the Empire was onto it. Luthen refused to call off the attack, thus sacrificing the entire rebel squad in the process. If he had called it off, the Empire would have been tipped off that the rebels gained inside knowledge somehow and an internal mole hunt would ensue, likely threatening the safety of Lonnie, Luthen's man on the inside. So the raid was busted, and all the rebels were killed. The Empire then pointed at Krieger as the man responsible for the Aldani heist, the single man. Though Agent Dedra Mira was not happy with the tactics used. Now here's a clip about her dissatisfaction, and about her superior officer's reasonings for doing what they did. I just wish I had been part of the conversation, sir. This wasn't a dialogue, Deirdre. We get nothing from a dead body. Someone needs to be in the room saying that. You're missing the point. Today it was about wiping the taste of Aldani from the Emperor's mice. 
So for the Empire, it was about naming a sole cause for the Aldani heist, versus an ongoing investigation into how it tied into ongoing rebel activity. It reeks of the lone gunman theory in American politics. One person to blame for JFK, one person to blame for 9-11, one serial killer to blame behind a number of crimes. It's important for us to have that one name, that one source, because it gives us a contrived sense of peace that evil has been defeated. Which is truly a fraud. Evil never dies. And evil and criminal activity is much more complex than most are willing to recognize. Here's a clip talking about this very thing from one of my favorite movies of all time, Arlington Road. Where a history professor is discussing a recent terrorist attack. And how the FBI investigation unfurled in a similar fashion to the Krieger plot. 14 months ago, on a Monday in January, over 60 federal employees went to work like they always did at the Roosevelt Federal Building in downtown St. Louis. Except on that Monday, they didn't come home. In a truck parked in front was hidden 50 pounds of C4 plastic explosive. We all remember the results of the investigation. One man, no conspirators, <laughs> right? When you first heard the news, terrorist attack in your own country. How did that make you feel? Hmm? Angry, scared, and stressed. Mm -hmm. Did you feel safe? No. And then the next day, when they found Scobie dead, did, did you feel some relief? Did safety return? We needed to have this man to blame. We don't want others, we want one name and we want it fast because it gives us our security back the truth is we, we don't know his reasons we don't know why scoby did it why it came to this we can pretend we do but we don't know and we'll never know and still we feel safe Now let's talk about one of two major monologues in this episode, the excerpts from Nemec's manifesto that Andor was listening to. I'll play this manifesto in full, and then we can break down the individual elements of it. Now as a precursor, remember, back before the Aldani heist, Nemec was relaying to Cassian that he was working on this document about rebellion and about the Empire, and that he wanted Cassian to listen to it. After Nemec died, it did pass over to Cassian, but then Cassian went to prison. Well, after he got out of prison, he went and retrieved it and started listening to it in this episode. And you can tell that it had a great impact on him. Here it is in full. There will be times when the struggle seems impossible. Mm -hmm. I know this already. Alone, unsure, dwarfed by the scale of the enemy. Remember this. Freedom is a pure idea. It occurs spontaneously and without instruction. Random acts of insurrection are occurring constantly throughout the galaxy. There are whole armies, battalions, that have no idea that they've already enlisted in the cause. Remember that the frontier of the rebellion is everywhere, and even the smallest act of insurrection pushes our lines forward. And then remember this. The Imperial need for control is so desperate because it is so unnatural. Tyranny requires constant effort. It breaks. It leaks. Authority is brittle. Oppression is the mask of fear. Remember that. 
And know this, the day will come when all these skirmishes and battles, these moments of defiance will have flooded the banks of the Empire's authority and then there will be one too many. One single thing will break the siege. Remember this. Try. So let's break down this manifesto and a few of the important quotes within. First quote, There will be times when the struggle seems impossible. Alone, unsure, dwarfed by the scale of the enemy. End quote. Now this hits on two levels. For one, think of the massive globalist agendas that have been rolled out during COVID, and honestly for most of our lives, through other narratives. It seems like an uphill battle to speak out against the mainstream, and it can get frustrating and depressing on a daily basis. Now I can speak from personal experience. Most of the people I interact with in my daily life don't really think deeply enough about what's really going on in the world. And I can just tell, I have a sense right away that I'm not getting through whenever I bring up complex topics and ideas. And I'm sure many of you listening can relate. Fortunately, I know there are many of us out there across the world that understand and can relate, so I can take solace in that. For two, this quote can apply to being a Christian in this fallen world. God has given the devil free reign to prowl around this world so that those who hold on to God's truths and what the Bible says are few and far between. Most people want nothing to do with God and simply trust in their own power. So they don't understand what it means to follow Christ and walk in his ways. But the Bible says in the end, there's victory in him, regardless of how powerful the anti-Christian presence in the world might seem. Now I'll combine a few related quotes here next. Quote, freedom is a pure idea. It occurs spontaneously and without construction, end quote. In contrast this with how the other side operates, quote, the imperial need for control is so desperate because it is so unnatural. Tyranny requires constant effort. It breaks, it leaks. Authority is brittle, end quote. Now again, this works on a few different levels. We all have the inherent desire to be free and independent and not be told what to do. There's something innately rebellious within all of us. I mean, just look at children. Tell a child what to do, and the first instinct is to what? Say no. Now this gets a bit complicated when you add in the biblical context. We're all born with a sin nature to do what's wrong, which is the complete opposite in the Star Wars universe, where a force user is born good and must turn to the evil, to the dark side. We are born into a world laced with sin, so we are naturally at opposition with God our Creator and other authorities. However, we can make a conscious choice to follow God. Now, while God sets up or allows the authorities of our world to rule, as a Christian, there's nothing inherently sinful about opposing the authorities. If they are asking you to harm yourself, others, or do things that go against God's laws because he's the ultimate authority. Now, I know this is a complex issue that is heavily debated amongst fellow Christians, but as I continue to read through the Bible, I hope to be able to provide a greater context for my reasoning here. Now on the flip side, regarding governments who create control structures to oppress the people. This can take a lot of work, mostly due to what we just talked about. People inherently want to be free and independent. So governments have to implement a multi-layered approach to ensure control. This can be done through basic physical controls like those in-your-face restrictions, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't go here, etc. But the most effective tactic, which is clearly evidence in recent years, 
is psychological and emotional controls. The idea is that they get us to believe that following their rules is in our best interest, even if it truly goes against their own nature. Think back to the 2020 lockdowns. The public at large was convinced to stay in their homes and not go to work because of an invisible virus that was projected to kill millions and millions and millions of people. The rhetoric hit on an emotional level because you were supposed to be scared to pass on an invisible virus that for some reason you may not even know that you had to your friends and neighbors. I mean, you don't want to kill your neighbor, do you? That would be completely shameful. And then when the vaccines were rolled out, the same tactic was used again. You don't want to kill everyone's grandma, do you? You better get the vaccine. There was basically a PR campaign developed to push the vaccines and push that those in non-compliance were a threat to society. But all of these efforts required a huge amount of human capital. The globalists had to get countries on board, and the countries had to get state governments on board and local governments on board, and so on and so forth. Even the internet police needed to repress opposing information about COVID, and quote-unquote fact-checkers needed to set the record straight about the truth. Lol. Lol. All political and cultural leaders were expected to stay on message and on brand. But as Nemec stated, the control structure can break or leak. And here in our world, mixed messages were thrown around, and leaders even started to say the quiet things out loud accidentally, like the term New World Order. Now, as we've seen recently, a lot of the COVID narratives have started to crumble, which ties into the last quotes that I want to discuss from this manifesto. Quote, random acts of insurrection are occurring all throughout the galaxy. The frontier of the rebellion is everywhere, and even the smallest act of insurrection pushes our line forward. End quote. Now I'm a strong proponent of people speaking out in person, online, wherever they can, about all the craziness that's going on. And there are many angles for discussion, from talking about elite child abuse, to COVID manipulation, to totalitarian legislation, and so many other things. All of these things can push forward to the community at large the awareness of the truth that the news doesn't tell us. However, let's be clear. In speaking out about all these things, I'm not personally endorsing other candidates or other forms of government to take over this current globalist regime should it fall, which I don't think that it will. I'm not into hero worship for so-called free speech and freedom advocates like Trump, DeSantis, Elon Musk, and the like. I don't think that they truly represent a bright future for our world, just another form of false light to fool people into thinking that this world is headed in the right direction. My goal is to point people towards Christ because he is the ultimate victor, regardless of what person, political party, or ideology thinks they're in charge of the events on earth. Now I lied, that was not the last set of quotes. Here's the last quote, which I want to talk about today, which I feel is the most impactful. Quote, oppression is the mask of fear, end quote. This quote was physically represented in the events of the prison break in the riot at the end of this episode. In the prison, we saw guards hiding scared when the prisoners broke free. And in the Ferrix riot, we saw the head Imperial officer crawling his way out of a skirmish, afraid. And then he was barking orders from as far away as he could, a coward. Even Dedra, who was willing to torture people to the point of death, was crying and screaming in terror when she got pulled into the melee. Fear ties into the control schemes that every government body employs. They need to feel that they're in power and important, and exerting their authority feeds their own egos. And they know that there are more common folk than government rulers. 
If a concerted effort occurred, the people would overwhelm and overthrow them. So out of fear, they inflict their oppression. And honestly, in our world, it's been very effective. People are almost happy to fall in line, and they're very fearful in their own right. So they follow every rule to a T. Now think back to what Yoda told Anakin in Episode 1, The Phantom Menace, about how fear is the path to the dark side. And this was evidenced in Anakin's fall. He feared losing Padme, and desired to learn the dark side, which led to anger, hate, and ultimately suffering for both himself and the galaxy that we see in Andor during the full strength of the Empire. So we'll stop here, and then I'll be back with part two of my season finale breakdown soon, which will cover Marva's speech and a few other highlights from the finale. May the Force be with you, and God bless. bless.